Hey everyone, Kath here checking in with a quick trigger warning for brief mentions of child abuse and suicide. If that's not going to work for you, that's all right. Stick around for the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Welcome to the Gender Rebels a question-and-answer podcast that explores life outside the gender binary. I'm Kath, a cis woman and ally. And I'm Faith, a trans woman. Special thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Hey everyone, I'm Kath. And I'm Faith. And this is the Gender Rebellion Show. Hey Faith, do we have any new patrons? Yes, we do. We have amazing patrons. Let's like- go. Michaela T. Michaela T. Thank you. By the way, if you're a patron of this show, we uh, read people's names out and thank them without trying to out them. So we don't read people's full names. But like, if you're like, hey, did they thank me? Um, because maybe we had a lot of Michaela's. Mm. Um, you could always write to us and be like, you can say my full name or say an identifier like Michaela the Awesome or something. Mm. And just let us know. Um, in case you feel like you might have gotten missed, or you're like, wait, was I the... Was, was I? that me? Was that my Michaela? Yes. Or you could have, like, a secret word, like when you were a kid, and you set up with your parents, yeah. so that if they sent some stranger to pick you up, they would have to know your secret uh-huh. code word, which is DuckTales for the McElroys. Okay. What was yours? Lashadoo-da. Lashadoo-da? <laughs> which is what my sister named a little orange kitten we found. Wow. Yeah. We didn't have one, but there no. were too many of us. So I'm <laughs> Your thinking. Parents didn't care. I'm thinking that they're like, if we, if one goes astray, we got plenty of backups. Yeah, yeah, you got a lot of backups. Michaela T, you're awesome. All right, Celeste I. Celeste I is also awesome. Very awesome. In related news, it is Fleet Week where we're recording. So if you hear the scream of the Blue Angels, we're going to do our best to filter it out. But you know, rah rah USA. Yay, America! And it's military and jingoism and all that good stuff. Aaron R. Aaron R. Yeah, thank you. Drew H. Drew H. Love it. Drew H. is great. Ryan M. Ryan M. Thank you. And that's it. That's it. Thanks so much. If you want to be a patron, there's directions in the show notes. And if you don't, that's okay. Just listen to the show. Hi. Hello. We love all the ears we can get. Hey, Faith, I got a question. Yes, what's your question? Our last episode was kind of angry. This one will just be helpful and informative and silly and fun, but also angry. (laughs) Evangelical Christians in the United States are not happy about trans people existing. Yes. Uh, and they have put their unhappiness in bills and laws and guidelines and culture wars mm-hmm. and into the mouths of Fox News broadcasters. Why? What? What is? What is it? What's going on? Why the hate? Uh, and I ask you because you grew up. I did evangelical. grow up evangelical. Yeah. What's going on? Um. So funnily enough. Uh, I gr- I grew up evangelical in a very conservative, uh, you know, Georgia. Weirdly, conservatism in this country is weird because it's kind of belief wise, it's all over the place, and and uh, you know, so it's, in a sense, it's very, it's very traditional, 
It, but it's very small government, but also very pro-military and police, which is antithetical to being uh, pro-government. It's very, very anti-sex. It It's very anti-change. And the thing about... So they want to conserve the way things are. That's that, at least, or the way they perceive them to be. Okay. And, and there's this idea that, you know, hey, this is how America should be, and... Everyone else needs to follow this. And I grew up literally super evangelical mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, I went to I went to public school three years out mm-hmm. of my entire schooling. Mm-hmm. And that was kindergarten, 11th and 12th grade. Mm-hmm. Every other time I, was, I went to evangelical schools. And the funny thing about all these evangelical schools in the South is they were fairly they were founded all in about like 1954, 55, 56. How weird. I Does know, that right? coincide with any other major change in education in the South? Oh, gee. I can't. Let's let see. Me... Brown, B, Brown B. Board. Brown B. The Board. Supreme Court case that uh, made segregation of public schools by race illegal was 1954. So desegregation <laughs> so, happens to coincide yeah. with all of these evangelical... You know why? It's because yeah. the evangelical schools were started and then the Supreme Court was like, look at all those fine schools. <laughs> Everyone should be able to attend yes. it, right? That's the it's order exact, of operations. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So it's, it's very odd that... It's it's very very odd. So that's we went to these schools. I grew up being taught a very warped version of everything. We had Bible class every day. Uh, we grew up with all the like the rapture mm. and all that stuff, which is not in the Bible. Uh, I grew up. We we would say Wait, the rapture's at, not in the Bible. Of course, the rapture's not in the Bible. Half this crap's not in the Bible, and we'll get into that. <laughs> we would so in homeroom. We would say the Pledge of Allegiance to the American flag, mm-hmm. the Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible. I'm sorry, to a book. To a book. Did the teacher hold up the book and you? No, had hand generally you would have generally you would have three people. So you'd have someone with holding the American flag, someone uh-huh. holding the Christian flag, uh-huh. and someone holding the Bible. And you would say the Pledge to the American flag, the Pledge to the Christian flag, and the Pledge to the Bible. In that order. I don't remember the exact order, but I think that was the order. Okay, I, this is bananas. Go on. Okay. Every class... So so that was like, if you were in, you know, homeroom or whatever. But uh, we would also do... Um, weirdly enough... Oh, you couldn't get out of doing the pledge either. Oh, you couldn't in, in, to cr- in public school, you could... You could not participate in the pledge, but you still had to stand for some reason. Hmm. Um, I didn't say the Pledge of Allegiance, um, but whatever. And So you stood, you didn't speak. We would do, we would just sort of, generally by the time I was in high school, we would just kind of mumble through it. We didn't give a <laughs> shit, but you had to, like you would get detention or whatever if you didn't Seriously? say the pledge. Yeah. Okay. We also would start every single class with prayer, including like, Including English class or math class would all start with a prayer. Doesn't that eat up a lot of time? It does. And here's the fun part. You could also do prayer requests. And my friends and I would try to eat up more time. (laughs) (laughs) With long, long long-winded prayer requests with a lot of backstory. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Um, 
but it was that was that was you know what we had we had we we were taught i remember being taught specifically in school that slavery was not very bad in the united states ah. slaves were treated very well and this is something that stuck with, i remember something that stuck with me was the uh slaves were your property so you wouldn't go around like wrecking your couch would you no and you so you wouldn't treat your slaves badly either because they were your property you invested in them you keep your stuff nice yeah obviously <laughs> exactly um wow so we got we were told that of course wow. we were told we, we were our our biology class i remember i think this was ninth grade was like half maybe half actual biology <laughs> except for evolution uh, the entire rest of the entire class was like why evolution is a lie. That was half of your biology class. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like we learned, we learned a little bit about the Krebs cycle or you know anaphase or the organelles and all that. But okay. the, most of it, most of the class, I would say, was why evolution is a lie. Wow. Yeah. We got if I don't know if any of you know Ken Ham, who is the creation museum in kentucky mm. i got extra credit in science class for going to see him speak when i was like 12 wow <laughs> and he spoke at a church you wow. know in a local church or whatever and he went over how rna and dna are different right he he told you actual science because you got extra credit in science yeah yeah, no. yeah, yeah. we the funniest thing about the funniest if you if you're interested in creation versus evolution look it up on youtube there's like a i think there's maybe three videos out there but uh it's so it's so bizarre because i remember you you have a, a master's in science mm-hmm. and i remember looking at one of your textbooks or something that had this like fold-out poster mm-hmm. that had that was like it was like six point font <laughs> <laughs> and there were roughly seven million things I think this was was this organic chemistry? That was, was biochem. Biochem, yeah, yeah. And like six million things, All the... via three million other things, transforming into eight million different things yes. with various lines and, and squiggles. And I was like, see, creationists have never produced anything this complex, <laughs> which leads me to believe that they don't know what they're talking about. Which, if I had to pick which side seems to know more, I think it's the side that produced this diagram. And I'm going to need you in the show notes to find a link to this diagram. Yeah, that's going to be all of the... <laughs> Biochemical processes within a cell uh, to the level of detail of graduate biochemistry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, you, if you want, I'll link it in the show notes. Which I guarantee you, even even if you talk to like the <clears throat> most of the creationists who are like, oh yeah, I taught high school science for you know fifty years, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll have no clue what that thing even is. Oh, my lord. Um. So that was the evangelical world I grew up in, and we had Bible class every day. Uh, we had chapel once a week with guest speakers of various dubious origins, including one. My, I think my favorite was there was there was a Christian weightlifting team. Wow! I think they were called like the Power Team or something. Did they just stand in front of you and pick up heavy things? <laughs> they did like they did like little stunts like that. Wow! But it was all about like God's love. It's like so powerful that so I'm gonna rip this phone book in half, <laughs> or I'm gonna smash this brick with my face <laughs> to prove God's love. So that was one of them. I imagine that was one of the better ones, because if you're if you have to get in a speaker every week, yeah. whoever's in charge of that lineup 
they're gonna default to like the pastor from the town over. There was a lot of pastors from the town over. Okay. Um, power power team was a that was a special one. That, that got everyone um, riled up. That was awesome. <laughs> um, one of my other favorite uh, speakers we had was uh, a guy claiming to be the original buckwheat. <laughs> Oh. Who we learned later, the original buckwheat died in like the, the 50s or oh, 60s God. or something. Oh, this guy was not the original buckwheat, but he went around like a, in a speaker tour. That was his whole thing. Yes. Wow. And then I learned subsequently to that, that there are several, or at least, in, or at least in the 90s, there were several <laughs> original buckwheats going around. And he was Christian. And, and he was to, Christian. And a message of God's yeah. love. Yeah. Um, and then we got a lot of, you know, like the old pastors from the town over just yeah. talking to us about the evils. Um, after Kurt Cobain's suicide in like 94, mm-hmm. um, we ended up with a preacher that had clearly never heard of Kurt Cobain <laughs> and didn't know who he was because he kept calling him like, like his name just kept slowly evolving. <laughs> And he was like, at one point... Kevin Corbin. At one point, he called him Curry Corn. Curry Corn! Because you're talking about a... You're talking about a 70-year-old Southern Baptist preacher. Who had to give a talk on Kurt Cobain. Yes. Curry so, Corn. Curry Corn. Curry Corn. <laughs> End up like Curry Corn. And, uh... And we were... Yeah, we were... We were absolutely forbidden... Uh, to listen to secular music. Mm. So how on earth would they walk in there and think you would all know what curry corn was? Of course was? we all listen to secular music. So they forbid we, it, but they kind of eh, wink and look away kind of just, It just, it was, uh, welcome to the world sometimes, of Southern Baptism. Sometimes you hear it walking through the grocery yeah. store. Um, That's a lie. You hear it now walking through the grocery the store. The thing we always got was you're supposed to be in this world and not of it. In and not of it. Yes. But you can't so, buy a Nirvana album. Could you no. have it on in the car? You weren't supposed to. Right. You were only supposed to be, you were only supposed to listen to Christian music. Mm-hmm. Music that glorifies God. Mm-hmm. In theory, you should only be, you shouldn't be watching movies hmm. or TV. You hmm. should only be watching Christian stuff. Hmm. Christian movies and Christian TV, of which there is some. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more now, I believe. There's even a Pure Flix, which is like Netflix, Pure but Flix? for Christian stuff. Good and it's all God. apparently low budget and hilarious. We can link to Amanda the Jedi's video. Sure. Where she watches all the Pure Flix shows. Oh, poor Amanda the Jedi. <laughs> so these these chapel speakers, was it always a message of God's love? Was it usually a message of God's wrath? Was it cautionary tales, or was it just all over the place? It was all over the place, because okay. they had to do one a week. Yeah. The point was, there we were forbidden. You would, if it was like, if you were caught doing something off campus, mm. you were, um, you would get in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. We had very strict dress code. Wait, go back. Caught doing something off campus. Like, if you were caught smoking off campus, like if the principal saw you at a restaurant smoking uh-huh. or something, then you would get, you could get expelled for that. What if you were smoking on campus? Then you would definitely get expelled. Okay, so what you're saying is you didn't have freedom to do whatever you wanted once you left yeah. school. If it got, if word got out that you went to a secular music concert, mm-hmm. you could get expelled. 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 All kinds of stuff. Like I kind of get cigarettes because you were too young for those. Like there is a, a law there also. Yeah, but it was the '90s, so but you know. Expelled for seeing Green Day. Hmm. And and you, there had to be 
just one report of you being there, and that was enough to expel you? Depending on who you were in the school. If they, if you were a known <laughs> troublemaker. Yeah, if you were a known troublemaker, which, which I was. Who prayer requests um, to make algebra shorter. One of my sister's boyfriends was a very cool guy. I liked him. He was, uh, uh, but he, uh, they did random drug testing okay. at this school. Okay. And uh, they, <laughs> here's the random drug tests. Chris, <laughs> just him. He was the only random drug Open test. Open your locker. He Chris. refused and left the school. Mm, yeah. um, what did but, your parents think of that? Uh, my dad actually really liked the guy. Huh. Um, he just, he was like a punk dude, but he, he was, you know, cool guy, but mm-hmm. um, he dressed like a punk and, you know, uh, didn't, uh, didn't fit the mold. Did to they? fit the mold, you had to wear, you had to wear your khakis or your... Or your long jean skirts. That was very popular. Golf shirts. shirts. Mm-hmm. Today, Chris is president of General Motors. I don't know what he's up to. Today, Chris. I think I'm friends with him. I think I'm on friends friends with him on Facebook. Um, a black guy. There was a, oh, there was also like six black kids in the whole school. There wasn't a lot. Well, how big was the school? I would say each for the high school. Each class was probably about a hundred people. Hundred people. Okay, six. Six black kids. That's more diversity than my high school. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, oh. when a black guy started dating a white girl, the school called their parents in for a conference to make sure they knew that this black guy was dating a white girl. How which, how did the parents react? Um, I don't actually know that. Part like, did of they it. break up immediately after the? No, conference, I don't so. think so. Okay. Um. So the folks are like, yeah, and. I would like to believe, and the, the guy, the like, black dude in question, was very like Carlton Banks. He was, <laughs> he, was, he, was he was, he was squeaky clean, squeaky clean, saddle dude. shoes. Yeah. Okay. The our school is affiliated with Bob Jones University, Ooh. which I don't know if you, know, you guys know about Bob Jones University. It's also evangelical. It's also Southern conservative. It is didn't, accredited, right? It recently got accredited. Hey, good job, Bob. Um, I, I'm. There's so many stories swirling around, but it was like they couldn't. I forget the exact dates, but it was like 2010, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, they were denied accreditation because they were still racially segregated. Mm-hmm. And they were like, at, at the time, it was like, all right, you're a private school. You can do whatever you want, but you, you're you not going to get accreditation. So they finally to keep to get accreditation. They didn't have accreditation for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And... It was only when they finally let black people in <laughs> that mm-hmm. it was like, and even then it was only married black couples. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. There's a whole weird thing. Women and men have different sidewalks. You can't. Oh God. <laughs> um, you sidewalks. can't. You can't be with a member of the opposite sex without like a chaperone. It's it's a whole. It's a weird messed up place. If you're studying together in the library in full view of the librarian, does that count as a chaperone? I don't think that's permitted. Okay. Um, I think it has to be like an official chaperone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's it. Bob Jones University, super racist, super fucked up. Um, they've actually gotten in even more trouble because apparently. The son of Bob Jones, mm-hmm. when Bob Jones Jr. took over and was doing a lot of crime, financial crimes, oh. like embezzling a lot of money and stuff. Huh. We were told that we should be going to Bob Jones University because, again, the school's affiliated. Our curricula was published by them and all this stuff. So you were a pipeline. Yeah. Not accredited. And when you go to a non-accredited college, if you decide to transfer, 
your credits don't transfer. They're worthless. Yeah, they're worthless. If you want to go to grad school, good fucking luck. Unless you want to go to a Christian grad school, then mm-hmm. because there is a separate kind of Christian evangelical Southern Baptist accreditation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. Association of Christian Colleges. But then or you're only in that world. Yeah, you can only go to that grad school. You can only um, most of the people who get degree like PhDs from these places teach at these places. That's can't go anywhere else yeah i mean you you can't even write articles in legitimate journals you have no credits you have no authority you're nothing i've seen books about evangelical schools that talk about you know have quotes from the professors there and the uh, article had doctor in quotes before all of these people (laughs) and phd in quotes behind their names because that's not real. Once it's not accredited, there's no other oversight. You don't know if they're really covering things, if they're grading stuff. You can't trust it. So accreditation counts. It matters. It's important. It's there for a reason. And if they couldn't freaking desegregate their precious white school, then fuck it. Everything goes in the trash. Yeah. So that kind of gets into where... So the evangelical world and the conservative the conservative fundamentalist christian uh this is a southern this is definitely a u.s thing it's very richly thick vein of it in the south a rich frothy cream okay Uh, (laughs) the what happened was and i've learned this recently i've started getting into a lot of like uh critical um bible studies which is fascinating link down um, below it's really cool i page. grew up being told the bible is the inspired inerrant word of the whole one holy god every word in the bible is is literally the word of god um the creator god of the universe so nothing in the bible can be wrong if the bible says it it's true if the bible says god created the world in six days it happened if god said there was Noah's flood six thousand years ago it happened um so we were taught Everything in the Bible is absolutely 100% true. When you actually... What's so weird about that is if you actually believe the that the creator of the universe, this supremely powerful being, created a message, one message to humankind, you wouldn't even look at it in the original language? <laughs> Because we didn't. No one talked about the original Greek. No one was like, let's study this. So a bunch of dudes, really, this started in Germany in the 19th century, were like, hey, what if we actually studied this? Mm -hmm. And so they started looking at things like um, how the grammar was structured. Uh, Let's, well, one, look at it in the original language. Let's look at the earliest manuscripts we can find. Let's compare different manuscripts. Let's, um... Let's look at how maybe the manuscripts change. Let's see if there's errors from manuscript transit, you know, mm-hmm. from one to the next. Mm-hmm. Let's see um, if there's, and there's tons of, you know, there's tons of changes that have happened to the text over mm-hmm. the years. Mm-hmm. And even just differences in languages. You were talking about like skilled Greek, scholarly Greek mm-hmm. versus day to day Greek. Like, cer- we can tell the difference with English right now. You could read a paragraph of one and the other and know the difference they're seeing this yeah and so we'll we'll link to like bart ehrman's podcast he's a christian or he's a bible scholar um down in north carolina but who who writes a lot of really popular books about on the topic but it's like certain things it's his his comparison was if if you're reading a book of kafka 
And then suddenly there's one chapter that was written by Mark Twain. <laughs> you could tell the difference. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if you're looking at these things in the original Greek, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's also certain things where stuff was changed later. Like the Book of Daniel was supposedly written in, in the 600s, but it mentions things that didn't exist. It was probably written in, in the uh first or second century bc mm-hmm. much later there are things that didn't exist <laughs> well it's like if you were it's it's like if if you were went back to a mark twain thing and he's mentioning the mere space station Got it. <laughs> you'd be Got like it. you would immediately go okay Hold this on. wasn't <laughs> <laughs> so apparently the book of daniel mentioned cities that hadn't been founded yet I and see. things like that mm-hmm. um so there there's a lot of Inspired, things like this infallible there's and there's tons of Bible contradictions and stuff. And the point is the 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 point is you can be a Christian and not accept that the Bible is this inherent you know, I'm sorry, inerrant word of God. It can be like a traditionally written manuscript that contains the wisdom of ages that mm-hmm. was passed down to us. Mm-hmm. Um the Bible doesn't have to be infallible to take good stuff from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and there's so, there's, it's just so rich. Of th- there's so much rich, interesting information in actually studying the Bible mm-hmm. um, in studying, okay, which books were written first, um, how Christianity sort of came to be mm-hmm. um, as a religion, mm-hmm. because it, it's, we have these gospel accounts written much later. Paul's writings are actually, you know, earlier. They're chronologically, but they're later in the New Testament, so people don't think about it that way. Um, if you compare the gospels, they say very different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just fascinating. But the Christians don't even do like the evangelicals. They they say this is the inherent inerrant word of God, but they don't even study it. Mm-hmm. And that is so weird to me. It's <laughs> I mean, it's not that weird, right? The yeah. The more you study it, the worse it looks. And that's and that's basically what what happened with fundamentalist Christianity is when you look at the, when you actually start studying the Bible, you can do one of two things. Mm. You can say, okay, this isn't inerrant. Mm-hmm. This is. There's no way it could. Be. There's no way it could it's be. It's not logical. Or you do what the fundamentalists do, which is you go, nope, and mm-hmm. you compartmentalize it yourself, and you build a wall around yourself, and you mm-hmm. say, no, 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 and that Teach. is. What you like from it, you teach what makes sense from it, you put it on the shelf, and that's it. And that is what evangelicals in the U.S., especially in the South, to a certain extent in the Midwest, but especially in the South, did. Okay. As I said, you can go, okay, let's study this book, or you can go, nope, it is written in stone, it is locked in, nothing changes, Mm -hmm. and you get this very, you get this extreme fear of change. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly... What and there's, there must be a master's thesis in here somewhere, but like why why like the South in particular has this like super huge fear of change? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Can it be a legacy of the Civil War and having lost that? And it probably that? is, That's and the it's, only major difference I can think other than climate. And I think it's also the fact that when you get into when you get into the slavery and you get into what happened after you know when the slave because you states like south carolina mm-hmm. in the 1850s 60s were majority black mm-hmm. and so when you get a situation where uh 55 of the state is black uh and then 
suddenly black people can vote, mm-hmm. you you get that big oh shit. <laughs> maybe we should have been nicer to these people, <laughs> or maybe we should fix this in our own way using violence and intimidation and, yeah. and that kind of thing. So you do get a lot of that, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's probably a huge part of it is. Fear. fear of losing power change has never been good for them change has never been good for them and every change brings a loss of power so what does that tell us about their current actions against the transgender community they are also losing power now i grew mm-hmm. up being told the gay the gay thing that was when i was in the 90s gays were the huge menace okay gays were recruiting our kids recruiting recruiting yes converting a thing back yes yeah and so which is so ridiculous it's like okay of course if you've got queer feelings and everyone in your community is like you're old bird in hell you sinner Mm -hmm. and then queer people are like come on it's okay (laughs) where do you think you're where do you think you're gonna go (laughs) and it's also when i grew up it's so funny. I was watching Kids in the Hall recently, and there was a, there's an episode, there's a sketch where Scott Thompson talks about like, what did you do when you were home alone? Did you maybe play video games or whatever, or did you dress up as a beautiful woman? <laughs> <laughs> and and then so he proceeds to you know have his blonde hair, which mm. is like a towel. Yes. <laughs> and then and then it's like. That's what I would do when I was home alone. Pretty, pretty girl. And Look how pretty. <laughs> oh, my love. I will link to that sketch. But then at the end, it's like, and then at the end, it's like, oh no, they're home. And it's like, homo alone. And homo alone. Yeah. <laughs> and so I grew up and like, not sure I was, I was like, am I gay? I must be gay or something. It was a whole confusing thing. You can't talk to anyone about it because the moment you say anything, you're a sinner. That's you're branded. Bad. It's bad. You'll get no. punished for no, it. You're it's, not gay. You can't. You just can't talk to people about it. And so I think that was a huge thing. Gay people were spreading AIDS, of course, intentionally. Oh, of course, intentionally spreading AIDS. They had magic rings that oh, when God. you shook their Pat Robertson, Seven Hundred Club, big evangelical guy. He's in hell. He is. No, he's not, because I don't think there is a hell, unfortunately. Um, Some people might deserve it. Uh, But he said there were rings that gay men wore, so that if you shook their hand, it would cut both of you and mix your blood, and you were getting AIDS. Now you have AIDS. Because gay men love love having open cuts on their hands. Yeah. In a joint. Uh Uh-huh. Where it will never heal. And so it's just weeping all the time (laughs) and gets infected. And they sure want your blood. Yeah. They sure want you with whatever hepatitis and and other crud is in mm-hmm. your blood there. Let me at it. And they also seduce people and then send them uh, cards in the shape of coffins, <laughs> which I guess Hallmark made back in the 90s. You have to special order. That say, welcome to the world of AIDS. Welcome um, to the world of AIDS. In a coffin-shaped card. So you're hearing all of this stuff about gay people gay presented people. as fact. Presented right? as fact, yeah. Like, wouldn't it be wild if they oh, did that? and all this gay, and then all fact. one gay women didn't exist too. Oh, of course not. Um, all gay men are child molesters, of course, for reasons. For reasons, yeah. And, and so it's part of it must be deflection because we've talked about this, but like, I I think there's a certain percentage of people, and it's a very small percentage, who are 
child abusers. And we got, we're going to have to put a trick warning in front of this episode. We've talked about suicide and now child abuse. Yes. Um, often, I just, it seems to be the right wing. <laughs> so yeah. often. Yeah. And, you know, it's like when, when there's, when someone's like, maybe we should make a law that 12 year olds can't get married. And no, then, and no, then, a, no, and no. then someone opposes it. And I don't have to tell you which party opposes it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's the Republicans, it's the evangelicals. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. They're so afraid of change and losing power. And losing power. And the thing is also losing the kids. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Extreme religious... Are numbers dropping or rising? In religious groups? Yeah. They've been dropping in the U.S. for decades. Nice. Um, These groups like evangelicals, uh, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, they're out spreading the word of God all the time. Yes. Do you know how many converts they get? Not a lot. (laughs) You don't get converts. People don't just... You know, people have heard the gospel. It's so funny. I saw some, like, Christians out by the World Trade Center, like, proselytizing i wanted to be like it's the single most popular religion in the world. <laughs> people have heard They've of it heard of it uh, <laughs> what are you doing um obviously there are there are situations where people in a, are in a very rough point in their life maybe they're in their lowest point of their life mm-hmm. religious groups cult groups they they tend to find people at these points mm-hmm. and then you can get people to join most people aren't joining people these groups get new members by breeding mm-hmm. um that is why mormons and catholics and everyone is like have lots of the quiverfuls mm-hmm. which is in the evangelical mm-hmm. which is have lots of kids have lots of kids because until the quiverfuls that wasn't as much a thing with the protestants right it was have kids it was have like, kids but have not all have the all kids. the kids so now it's have all the kids mm. and but that's still just quiverful that's not mainstream um it's not it? i you know i've been out of the main Stream Protestant world for tw- I'm sorry I've been You're out never of never in the mainstream. No, I'm, I've been out of the evangelical world for like 20 years. Yeah. I know it's it seems like it bleeds into mainstream Protestant, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have friends who are mainstream Protestants mm-hmm. or are Christian, and they and and I've had them lament to me. They're like, "This seems insane. Mm-hmm. Everything seems to be going more and more conspiratorial and more and more." Evangelical. Evangelical, and they don't like it. And I, they were like, "What should I do?" And my opinion was, "Stay in the church." Yeah, Keep, don't leave. Hold fast. Be a yeah. sane voice. Mm-hmm. Be the voice of reason. Um, hopefully, that's the right advice. I don't know. I don't know either. But they, kids, they are very protective of ideas their kids are exposed to, because being evangelical sucks. It's stupid. Um, especially as a kid. Like, you are given ridicu- a ridiculous number of stupid rules mm-hmm. and thought crimes and things that you could never, ever live up to. Um, your very natural thoughts are sins. Mm-hmm. You're not given therapy and things like that at least when i was a kid are not things that are practiced Mm -hmm. mental health is like if you're having mental health problems that's generally considered a sin that you need to go in prayer to god yeah your your treatment is prayer prayer and and so it's 
there's a couple survival strategies. One is to just buy into it and go along with it. And for a lot of people, that works. Yeah. The other is get the fuck out of it as soon as you can. Yeah. And a lot of people do. Um, and the thing is, a lot of kids will. And those of us who grew up queer, we got the fuck out of it as soon as, soon as we could. could. Yeah. And and we found communities outside of that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so. I think with the thing with now that they know they've lost the gay fight Mm -hmm. and now now there's like the trans thing. So kids are acceptance of being trans is becoming much more common. And so with with that societal change, there's also like, oh, shit, we got a whole new generation of kids. We've got to (laughs) we're going to lose. Yeah. And with that loss comes loss of power. Comes it's just it's all fear. Yes, it is all fear of change, fear of loss of power, fear of um, thinning ranks. There's no way to address that fear. There's no way to reassure them. Not that I'm saying we ever would, but I'm just trying to think if fear is at the root of this. If somebody could tell them, hey evangelical Christianity isn't going anywhere. You'll be fine. That wouldn't work, would it? Evangelical Christianity is also a blip. Yeah. Like, it is one particular sect and type of Christianity that, again, started around the turn of the last century. Evangelical, it's like, it's like when people are talking about, like, Muslim extremism, Wahhabism. Mm -hmm. That started in the 50s. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like once it's been around for a generation or two, it seems like it's been around forever. Doorknobs are a weird. <laughs> I'm serious. This is a weird thing. Doorknobs only started in like the 1870s, and now they're going away because uh, it's really bad for uh, people with limited ability and or limited dexterity. So those latches, yeah, are becoming more common now. So doorknobs are going to be this weird, century long. <laughs> Aberration, like evangelicals, evangelicals, doorknobs, and evangelicals are yeah. on their way out, and they're fighting it as hard as they can. Yeah, that's why every doorknob you see hates trans people. <laughs> they're terrified no, of trans people. They hate trans. People. I mean, I think evangelical evangelical stuff is it will eventually go away. I mean, every okay, we're, you know, we things change. And, and it probably I mean, will within a be... generation or two. There's always going to be extremists. There's always going to be wacky religious mm-hmm. folk. There's always going to be people who want power and will use anything to get it. Yeah. And, and right now, we're in a situation where evangelical Christianity is a way for some people to get power. Mm-hmm. The thing that really... A couple of things turned me off and got me out of there. One was the queer thing. Yeah. Constantly being told you're going to hell over something you can't fix regardless of how much you've prayed about it. Mm-hmm. Two, like I said, I, I loved science. Mm-hmm. I read all, all, every science book in the library. Mm. And scientists seem to know way more about what they were talking about than these creationists. A lot more detail. A lot better answers to questions. And three... Um, so many of the people in power in evangelical circles are fucking assholes. Hmm. Um, 
principals, preachers, mm. so many of them are just the most unholy, horrible bullies that have risen to that power. They've used, they've latched onto that. That gives mm-hmm. them power. That gives them mm-hmm. respect. That gives them prestige. Think about um, who would be attracted to that role. It's kind of like cops. Think yeah. about who doesn't want a college degree but does want a gun. Is it, the people who are attracted to being a principal or a pastor want to stay in the church that is working for them. They are rewarded for what they were born with and they are allowed to have power over people for no other reason than this book and some other white guys tell you you have it. Well, gosh, it's, it's, it's like a miracle. God put me in this place to reign over these children and these women. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, this is working for me. Yeah. Also, maybe they believe in all this stuff. And that that hell was another thing. I was like, hell doesn't make sense. I don't like hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I was on my way out. I was yeah. never going to be a devout a devout Christian, or at least a, a devout evangelical. And again, I think this is separate. I want to make this point because this is something I had to learn. This is not Christianity. Or at least this is not representative of all of Christianity. Mm. I grew up in a fucking weirdo cult that has unfortunately undue influence right now. Yeah. Um, in the U.S. and that sucks. But that is not representative of Christians. That's not representative of Christianity as a whole. It's certainly not representative of most of what Jesus said. So they're sliding down a cliff and grabbing at anything they can to remain in power and to remain relevant yeah is that what we're is that why we're seeing these laws i think that's part of it and i think you're getting a lot of politicians who realize they can get attention yeah and votes from that ever shrinking base yeah because if they if they say I'll hurt the I'll hurt the people you want to hurt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have policies for fixing anything, but mm-hmm. I'll hurt the people you want hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that works for their base, and that and that, and unfortunately, with the Southern strategy and all that, the the GOP has um, made their pact with the devil, and they courted a bunch of Southern racists. Uh, this is all in history. We'll we'll. Link, link to a below. Wikipedia yeah. article. Uh, the GOP buddied up with a bunch of racists. Um, they buddied up with a bunch of evangelicals to get votes. And now we're seeing that's backfired because they took over the GOP. Yeah. Yeah. And that was their that was their devil's bargain now. Mm-hmm. And now that, that group that, that they just wanted to pander to and get their votes has now taken over. Way to go, assholes. Yeah. So, so what do we do? For all those evangelical kids out there, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not alone. Mm-mm. I it was so funny. I I've talked about this school, um, and I've I'm I've sort of Facebook acquaintances with a bunch of people from there, and gosh, the number of us who turned out to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's fascinating, mm-hmm. and the, you're not alone. And at the time, in like 1992, would I have gone to these people who now are, you know, on Facebook, 
posted pictures with their partners and stuff, mm-hmm. would I've ever been able to talk to them? Heck no. And confide in them and be friends with them and be out in that world? No. It wasn't safe for either. It wasn't of you. safe. And I hope that I hope maybe that's changed in twenty twenty three, but I doubt it. Um, at least in these insular you know, locked off worlds mm-hmm. of evangelical stuff. They, that's the other thing. They, they try to control your access to the world. That's, I was thinking about and, the, the science books in your library that you read. Yeah. If you hadn't had access to those, you might still be there. Yeah. And so that's the thing. They don't want their kids walking by a display of tuckable bikinis in Target. Yeah. Because then their kids are exposed to different ideas. Yeah. Yep. And to a kid who's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh, shit. Huh. There's this, mm-hmm. and they see that, boom, they've lost that kid. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to lose that kid anyway. Yeah. It's just um, how, how, at what point can they trap the kid with marriage and a useless degree and some kids? Can they get them trapped before they figure out God, it's, who it's, they are? It's awful, and you, and people who want to think about, oh, what about the kids? And, and all this stuff, and it's just... How much damage are you doing to that kid yeah. and their future spouse and yeah. their future kids? Doesn't and, matter. They're all part. They'll still be you know, part of the by church. forcing them into this sort of stuff, and it's and you're just it has nothing to do with and it has nothing to do with even being gay or trans or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, just unhappy. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, but as just, long as it, they show up for church <laughs> and pay their tithing yeah. and raise their kids in it, that doesn't matter. Yeah, and happiness and doesn't matter. Happiness does not matter. Pray about it. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. You are not alone. You are absolutely not alone. And and there are probably people in your church. There are definitely people in your church. There are definitely people in your school who are struggling with the same things you're struggling. And if you can... If you can... Christianity is not... Nothing Jesus talked about mm-hmm. <laughs> was like... Let's give white men power. <laughs> Let's have a capitalist system where white men have power and use it to oppress people. Like, literally, he spent his entire... Uh, all they talked about in those books was him railing against the hypocrisy of religious leaders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, if only people... If only these evangelical leaders read the book. They to. <laughs> just read the damn book, guys. Yeah. I, I just want you guys to not give up hope and... For those who grew up similar, I'd love to hear your stories. Definitely write to us. We want to hear your stories. If you're in it right now, what are they telling you? If you've just gotten out, what are you struggling with? Faith has been there and knows what it's like. And we are on the other side of it. And we know that there are supportive found families out here. It's great out here. There is more love and support and care and listening ears and shoulders to cry on than you will ever need. So it is a safe and wonderful place out here. It's not easy easy. to leave the evangelical church, but it is possible possible and wonderful. And here's the thing. You can go back. What if you're wrong? What if you're not gay at all? Okay, run back home. I was wrong. Amen. Forgiven. And you're good. Right? Mm-hmm. Sure. If you went back, would they take you back with open arms? They'd take you back with the same judgmental eye they had on you the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, that it's it's not the only version of Christianity, too. For those of you who, who have that faith as a big part of your life, um, there's plenty of gay churches. 
even in the South. There even are in, gay churches. You know. That's right. And so, yeah. Keep on keeping on, guys. I know things are hard. Um, Kath just said to me the other day, she's like, you know, I want to record more. <laughs> so we're going to work on recording more. And um, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And before we quickly sign off, I just wanted to give a shout out to Jason Amir Seipert, who has this amazing line of T-shirts called Self Make King. They're adorable. We will post a link and check it out. Buy it or don't. But I think there's some very cool stuff there. And you might like they it. They didn't give us any money. They did not give us money or a free shirt. Not that we would ask that. Everyone just liked the shirt. I thought they were cool and weird. Yeah. Thanks for listening, y'all. Write in with any questions you have. We're going to get more episodes out to you. We love you so much. We'll talk to you later. All right, everyone. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep making great content, go to patreon.com slash gender rebels. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes and send your questions to questions at genderrebels.com. Music for the Gender Rebels is by Jasper the Colossal. Link down below or download them on iTunes. For all our episodes, visit genderrebels.com. Gender Rebels is a Comeback Sync production, all rights reserved. And to all you Gender Rebels out there, keep, keep rebelling! rebelling.